Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing and sports, music, culture, and family life, along with being a husband and a girl dad. So listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown Lions. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. Go check them both out. So... Another day in Lions Land, and as we do every Thursday, we're going to look at the five keys for the Lions to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, which is a, frankly, easier opponent for them than they've had so far in the first month of the season. Before we get to that, which will come after the break, just want to hit on a couple of things that kind of went on a little bit today. Uh, an interesting stat that was pulled by Tim Twentyman of the DetroitLions.com uh, and Matthew Stafford was asked about it was, it turns out, if Matthew Stafford throws a touchdown pass against Jacksonville, he will have completed the almost trifecta, not trifecta, the almost rare accomplishment of being able to throw a touchdown pass against every team in the NFL. So right now there are two teams that Matthew Stafford has not thrown a touchdown pass against. One is obviously the Lions, and the other is the Jaguars. Two games he's played the Jaguars, and in both of those games he's actually thrown no touchdowns, and he's thrown no interceptions either. He's thrown for over 250 yards in both of those games. Stafford was asked about that, and if anyone ever questions Matthew Stafford's recall, all he needed to do was see... This And I encourage you to go find the, the press conference because here's what happened. Stafford was asked about it. He's like, wait, really? Like kind of really a little bit surprised. He even threw a dolly in there, which made me really crack up. But then he immediately rattled off those two games, including remembering that one of the games, Calvin Johnson was incredibly injured and could only turn right, which is something I had never heard before. I didn't remember that. I think that was a game before I was covering the Lions. And the other one, they basically couldn't run the ball. So that tells you how good Matthew Stafford's recall is in case there was any question about that. But I thought that was super interesting from Stafford that he would remember those games right away. And of course he said that he's got to take care of that, fix that up, and throw a touchdown pass. So considering the state of the Jaguars' defense, which we'll talk about a little bit here when we talk about the five keys, and we'll also get into tomorrow 
in our podcast with ESPN Jaguars beat writer Mike DiRocco, Jacksonville's defense is not good. If you think the Lions' defense is bad, Jacksonville's defense is right there. So Matthew Stafford should be able to throw at least one touchdown pass here on Sunday. If he doesn't, the Lions maybe have a little bit of a bigger problem. A couple other things from Stafford's press conference that I thought were interesting. One, he said he reached out to Kellen Moore after watching Dak Prescott's injury on Sunday. He said he felt terrible for Dak Prescott, as one would expect that he would, as most people around the league do. Obviously, Kellen Moore, his old friend, the old Lions quarterback, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, he didn't have... Stafford didn't have Dak Prescott's number, so he texted Kellen and basically said, hey, please pass along my well wishes, my, you know, my thoughts to him. Obviously, Stafford has a long history with the Cowboys, having grown up in Dallas. And as always, you know, whenever he goes back to Dallas, whenever he plays the Cowboys, there's the inevitable Stafford story when it comes to that. I know this has been asked a little bit. I think we addressed it yesterday on the podcast. It's come up a little bit in Twitter today. I'm just going to get this out there right now. No, Matthew Stafford's not getting traded to Dallas, even though Dak Prescott's hurt. That's just not happening for a multitude of reasons, not the least of which is the financial aspect of it. Also, I can't imagine Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia trading Matthew Stafford at this point with their jobs on the line and at midseason, that's a large ask to trade a quarterback like that. I just really can't see it happening. So I want to get that out of the way. Um, obviously, Matthew Stafford was not asked about that. But since we're talking a little bit about Dak Prescott. And then the third thing, which is something I asked him about, I asked him about his footwork. And he said, listen, I because Daryl Bevel talked about that on Monday. And he had said that that's one of the things that he felt like Stafford needed to kind of fix and work on and maybe he was getting a little bit loose with. Stafford said that, listen, I've worked on this every day since I've started becoming a quarterback. And it sounded like he felt, much like Daryl Bevel, that was something that's easily fixable and that he just needs to make sure he gets his feet right when everything else is right in front of him because then that means that they'll have successful plays. And obviously so far, especially on deep balls this year, that has not happened uh, as Matthew Stafford's had a pretty low deep ball percentage. Uh, you can read about that actually on ESPN.com today. And we got into it a little bit about that with Matthew Stafford. But it was an interesting press conference for Matthew Stafford. I thought he had a lot of a lot of cool little different things to say. It was, to me, a little bit more illuminating than your typical Matthew Stafford press conference. And he seemed a little bit more engaged. So maybe the week off really helped him as well. We'll be back right after this with five keys to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars right here on the Michael Rothstein Show. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million 
Yes, that's 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us as always. So now let's get right into it. Obviously, this is not the most exciting game of the weekend. This is not the most exciting game on the Lions schedule But it is a game that is just, quite frankly, a must-win game for Detroit. If they can't beat Jacksonville, that says a lot to me about Matt Patricia's future, about Bob Quinn's future, about what they've built and really the progress they have or really have not made with the franchise. If they can't beat this Jaguars team, which is struggling, which has, even though they're 1-3, they've lost to a few teams that ended up been giving them their first win. So I just I have a tough time seeing the Lions lose this game, but I feel like it's going to be closer than than one would think, especially if Jacksonville gets some of their key players back. I think their roster is better than people think, but they've had a lot of guys injured. DJ Chark missed practice here on Wednesday. Miles Jack has been hurt. LaVisca Chenault has been hurt. So they're having some major injury issues there. So that's something to watch for the Jaguars as well as the week goes on. Because if they're without those guys, frankly, it should be a situation where the Lions win and win handily. Now, one would have thought that, too, when they played New Orleans with the amount of starters that New Orleans was down. But obviously, the the Saints still had Alvin Kamara. They still had Drew Brees. Jacksonville doesn't really have that type of firepower and experience on their team. Uh, you know, the Saints are just a better team than the Jaguars. So, all right, let's get right into it. The first key has to be stopping James Robinson. That's key number one to me, because if you're able to shut him down or at least keep him from running completely wild on you, which is easier said than done, considering the state of the Lions defense and particularly the Lions run defense that's allowing 170 yards a game, If you're able to do that, that forces Gardner Minshew to throw the ball. And if Chark is hurt or not 100%, if Chenault's hurt and not 100%, that takes away two of his top weapons and options. Obviously, they still have D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole and Chris Conley. But that makes them one-dimensional, and that would get the Lions into some of those pass rush situations that Trey Flowers has been saying they need to get into as part of the reason why they've really struggled against the pass rush. So being able to stop... Robinson is, to me, the first key 
to Detroit being able to beat Jacksonville here on the road. The second key is getting Matthew Stafford straight. And we talked about it, obviously, at the top of the show of what's been maybe going on with Matthew Stafford. He had a week to kind of get away from it a little bit, to watch some film, to maybe self-diagnose some of the issues, maybe with his footwork, maybe a couple of other things that are going on, particularly on deeper shots, even though teams are mostly kind of sitting back and trying to take that away and forcing them to dink and dunk down the field, which hasn't always been the Matthew Stafford or Daryl Bevel specialty. But making sure Stafford gets right, particularly with his footwork, so that way they can maybe connect on some deep passes to Marvin Jones, to Kenny Galladay, to TJ Hawkinson, I think can really accelerate what the Lions want to do offensively and put them in a position to finally be able to show that explosive level of offense that they have. Which brings me to key number three, which is finally get Marvin Jones truly involved. And we've talked about it on past episodes of the podcast where Marvin Jones goes through stretches like this where it's 50 yards a game, 55 yards a game, 60 yards a game, if that, you know, three target, three three receptions, two receptions, five targets, four targets. Like that's just been part of Marvin Jones's career and then all of a sudden, boom, he has a massive 11 target, nine catch, 160 yard, two touchdown game. That's been a large chunk of his career is, you know, those types of performances followed by a few weeks of being quiet or a few weeks of being really hot and then teams taking him away. That's just been what it's been. Marvin Jones, to me, is due for one of those big games. And there's no reason to think it won't come against a Jacksonville team that really only has one high-level pass rusher in Josh Allen. So they can really key on Josh Allen and try to chip toward him. And then... Their corners are are okay, but that to me is, I think, an area that you can really exploit. And if I'm the Lions, I'm getting Marvin Jones involved early. I'm getting him involved often because the other thing that that does is it forces teams to take away from maybe double teaming and paying too much attention to Kenny Galladay. And that makes teams guess, and that will obviously open things up for Matthew Stafford to throw that elusive touchdown pass, at least one of them, here on Sunday. But getting Marvin Jones involved is a massive, massive key because I think it's, to me, it will open up the entirety of the Detroit Lions offense. The fourth key, frankly, is putting pressure on Gardner Minshew. Now, that's easier said than done, and it kind of goes with the first key as well. And I know this is kind of a bland key a little bit, but Gardner Minshew is not the experienced quarterback that Drew Brees is that Aaron Rodgers is. He's not the mobile quarterback, at least not to the level of what Kyler Murray is. He's not the most athletic quarterback out there. So to me, that's an area where the Lions can really potentially make a difference and try to solve a lot of their issues. And they have some of the personnel to do it, at least on the edge. The interior we've talked about, I'm not really too high on what they've got on the interior of their defensive line at this point. But I really like what they have in some aspects at the edge, particularly with Trey Flowers, particularly with Romeo Okwara, who seemed to really find something against the Saints. So maybe they get Julian Okwara, Romeo's younger brother, a little bit more involved. To me, that I think is where you can really make some things really, really difficult for the Jaguars.
All of that said, though, keep this in mind also, and this is from our friends over at ESPN Stats and Information. When Gardner Minshew has been blitzed this year, he's completing 65.1% of his passes. He's thrown four touchdowns. He's only thrown one interception. He's also only been sacked four times when teams have blitzed him, and that has happened on 52 different plays. So... Keep that in mind, and, and really, it's not. it's been spread out pretty equally. Like, four of the five games he's played in, he's been sacked once when he was blitzed. And he's had pretty good success most weeks against the blitz. The Texans got to him a good amount. He only completed 42.9% of his passes against the blitz last week. And in a loss to the Dolphins, he only completed 40% of his passes. But he's had some success otherwise, so that... There is some level of keeping that in mind when it comes to Gardner Minshew, but he's still a younger quarterback, and you can still potentially confuse him, again, more than you could Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. So I would just keep that in mind, and if I'm the Lions, I I take a shot at that because here's what happens when Gardner Minshew is not blitzed. When Gardner Minshew is not facing a blitz, he completes 71.2% of his passes. He's thrown six touchdowns. He's thrown three interceptions, but he's incredibly accurate with the ball at that point. He has had only one game under 65% completions when not blitzed. Now, obviously, blitz and pressure are two separate things, as we both know, or as we all know, rather. So, you know, here's the other thing when it comes to Minshew is even though he's been blitzed 22% of the time, he's actually been pressured 26.1% of the time, again, courtesy of our friends over at ESPN Stats and Information. But the last two weeks, this pressure has actually been less than the blitz percentage. So the offensive line is doing a pretty good job, and Minshew's doing a pretty good job of recognizing it. So they have to be pretty smart when it comes to how they are bringing the pressure. And that's just, again, something that they're gonna, the Lions are going to have to be really good with, even though they have, frankly, not, as we both know, as we all know, been good with bringing any sort of pass rush at all this season. One last thing with Minshew as well, which is it goes to the man versus zone conversation. He's faced more zone this year than man, but Minshew's been more effective against man. He, Well, yes, he's completed less percentage passes, 59.6% against man versus 79.2% against zone, and that shouldn't be surprising at this point. He's thrown eight of his 10 touchdown passes against man defense, and he's largely been fairly accurate. He's also thrown shorter passes against man defense, His QBR is 82.4 against man defense. It's only 50.0 against the zone. So maybe the Lions should consider playing a little bit more zone against Gardner Minshew because, yeah, they might give up more completions, but if they can keep him from beating them with potentially deep plays, potentially bigger plays, especially if DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault play, that's something to consider as well. And the fifth key is all between the ears. The Lions have to shut out all of their past mistakes, all of their past fourth quarter issues, all of what's happened that first four games of the season where everything kind of went wrong so many times for them that they had leads, had double-digit leads and blew them, 
all the attention that's around Matt Patricia's job security, all the attention that's around Bob Quinn's job security. They have to be able to shut all that out, and as the coach is, and they have to be able to make smart decisions. Now, that hasn't always happened in games from the coaching staff specifically, from the players as well as we've seen personal foul penalties, whether it was Danny Amendola, whether it was Jamie Collins' ejection, whether it was Ode Abushi, whether it was, you know, Romeo Cora's face mask. Like, all of these penalties add up and cost teams games, and it's cost the Lions, frankly, as well. But the coaches have to be smarter, too, with how they handle things once they move off of their beginning scripts. Because we've all seen the Lions have been pretty good, both offensively and defensively, I think, when they script plays here in the beginning. It's just when they get off of it, that's when everything seems to go south. So hopefully for the Lions, they figure out a way to adjust better. And maybe that's one of the things they found during the bye week. I asked Matt Patricia what he found because he said that, you know, they, they looked at the they looked at their inconsistencies and they feel like they found some stuff. So I asked him what they found and, you know, he kind of gave an answer here and there, but he didn't really pinpoint anything too specific. But you would think one of those things that maybe they were able to figure out beyond saying that maybe they needed to do a little bit less is really dig in and figure out ways that they can exploit Jacksonville and focus on those more instead of having too much in their playbook, too much in their arsenal, because maybe it's been a little bit, at least for the Lions, of you know subtraction by too much addition, where you're subtracting the team's ability to play instinctually and play smart and play correctly. And as Deron Harmon said, being able to trust that your, that your teammate is going to be where they need to be so you don't overextend yourself by putting less in and focusing more on the things that they do well. Now, could that mean more man defense because that's Matt Patricia's staple? Maybe, but maybe they see that that hasn't necessarily always been working and they go more zone. Who knows? We'll we'll find out on Sunday, but I'll be really curious to see if and how the game plan simplifies or becomes less diverse against Jacksonville because the Lions need a win. That There's, without a doubt, that is absolutely true for really their season to have any hope of being able to to turn this around both for Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn's jobs but also for anything they're trying to accomplish here in 2020. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with ESPN Jaguars reporter Mike DiRocco where we'll talk about the Lions, the Jaguars, a little bit about what it's like to cover two teams that perennially are not all that good. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. I'm Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. As always, if you'd be so kind, download, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating if you happen to listen on Apple or iTunes. And with that, we will talk with you tomorrow.